Alejandro. Alejandro. Dude, are you here right now? Girl? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. D oh, fuck, man, look. It's... Oh, there have been so many fucking just rad roaches all over the place. Like, rad roaches. Rad roaches, dude, like, the entire fucking just area is filled with them. I mean, they, they go down with one melee attack, <laughs> but, like, huh? like, fuck, dude, there's so many of them. There's... Just, and there's been so much cold. I mean, there was the polar vortex, and then there was huh? whatever came after that, which is another <laughs> fucking vortex. And yes, bro, it's it's so fucking cold here. Like, <laughs> what has survived? What is is America out there, dude? Um. Well, I've been seeing a lot of tweets about Bernie Sanders, so I assume so. I guess. Oh shit! So so Bernie survived. He he lived through the uh, the war. Then right? I, I assume is what happened. The war. The Ber <laughs> Bernie lived through the war. Possibly, man. Uh, I mean, they <laughs> what's what's this possibly shit? You live you live in Mexico. Did did we invade? Uh, what? what? Um, did you invade Mexico? Yes. Yes, you have, and oh. and there's a McDonald's Be on every. Uh, how did you? <laughs> Ancient Tenochtitlan. There's a McDonald's. Do you guys have vaults too? Uh, no, we have we have a subway, and there's rats. So you know, it's kind of got oh, a kind of a oh, dungeon so it's crawling. Like, it's it's more mm -hmm. like Metro 2034 or 2033. <laughs> did you see the translated <laughs> the map of the translated station names? <laughs> I I haven't got there yet. It's been pretty hard to leave the capital wasteland. <laughs> I mean, there's there's these uh there's these green guys. Mm. They um I think they call themselves super mutants. Right. And anytime I try and walk by, they just want to like cook me up for their dinner, bro. <laughs> and even though the cold's gone now, um, we are back to normal. Mm -hmm. This. I can see within my house a, like a suit of power armor. Oh. But there's just there's so many raiders, man. Are there raiders down there? Are, As a are, matter of fact, yeah, like, but that's, you know, that's been the case since the since the 19th century, so <laughs> uh, but how how like dude, I'm I'm so low on a uh, 10 millimeter ammo right now. Hmm. Like how how have you gotten through that? Give me, give me some tips. <laughs> I mean, I just do a lot of, I just put a lot of uh, into luck, and um, and yeah, I just bumble through it, I guess. <laughs> you see, I I put most of my stats into charisma. Yeah, no, that's bad. As should be, as should be obvious. No, that's bad. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. Uh, but. I'm I'm making like 500 caps per job. Uh, <laughs> bottle caps are the uh, present currency of the city of Maryland, by the way. Oh. Um, the sunset sarsaparilla, sarsaparilla, uh -huh. is um the most popular drink that has ever been in the state of Maryland, and uh, we use that as currency now. Right. And I'm making a lot of caps every time I do a job, but. Mm -hmm. I just I just can't seem to find more work, <laughs> and um, look like the NCR is moving in. They they have a lot of troops here, man. Um, 
I'm not sure I'm with this. It, it seems pretty imperialistic. I mean, they it's, it seems pretty fucking imperialistic if they made it all the way to Maryland. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> uh, they, they, did, they did, man. And, um, like, maybe the super mutants have a point. What? Yeah, okay. Are they not insane where you are? The the super mutants in my part are rendered insane in part from the experience in the enclave mm -hmm. but also from the institute and, and the stealth boys you know the the stealth boys look I have two stealth boys on me right now I really don't want to say this on the air <laughs> but do you think I could make it out to the Mojave or the uh, Mojave as <laughs> I think people believe are people pronounced as? Um, yes. Yes. Yes, and <laughs> you should do it right now. <laughs> I should do it right now, but there's lots of people wanting to play Hand of Caravan. <laughs> hey. And one of these is um, it's a Mr. Bernard Sanders. Mm. Does, does he actually know how to play Caravan? Does, did he actually like figure it out? I think he just sticks a gun again, ten <laughs> millimeters, in your face, and just takes takes your caps, and he gives it to the poor. Huh. You know, we should probably try to Photoshop something of that, like like that of that on the <laughs> of that nature. <laughs> Would be good. Um. But yeah. Anyway. So, so what you're saying here is. Uh, to the town of Salisbury came a Bernard one fine day. Look, <laughs> look man, there's there's Cazadors everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, the great cons keep hitting me up for these side quests, and I'm like, bro, I'm I'm already almost capped out on my level. <laughs> I don't I don't know what me establishing you in the chem trade could do. Besides, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't think jet should be legal. No man, no uh, prohibition fosters black markets. Like you, <laughs> it it doesn't work. You 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 should treat it as a as a public health uh, problem. You know, like a sickness. It's not a matter of. I know, and uh, I I know you haven't played four, but um, the recipe for jet is just fertilizer plus plastic. Oh. And I think that could become almost in itself, like you know, a new form of currency. Have, have you? Have you? That's have you smoked? Very. Easy. <laughs> have Have you smoked weed in a pen cup? <laughs> in a plastic pen cup. <laughs> I have. Oh, oh, all right. Cap gang. Have you ever been to Zion Canyon? Have I ever been to Zion Canyon? No. Well, then you're you're missing out <laughs> because um there's there's this whole plot you might even call it quest uh -huh. where you can uh, speak to a shaman. You're speaking to a shaman right Which now. Which I know you're. Motherfucker. Well. What I'm, am I? I speak to a shaman every time I look in the mirror, <laughs> but what of it? <laughs> but he's the shaman, and he mm. uh, he makes your vision like transcend itself, if you know what I mean. 
and you kill a Yaogwai spirit, which is, I think, a hungry ghost within the Chinese terminology. Mm. I don't know, because Chinese is very hard. I thought you were the China deal. I thought you were heading up our China burrow, our China burro. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I am. I am the China burrow. <laughs> I am the China donkey. Uh, not, not the mule. Not the mule. A donkey. It's important. That was a callback. That was a reference. We have in jokes now. We're we're just like Chapo. We are legit. We are actually more legit than Chapo. Um, we, you know, you know. You know because the I other day, I, I was considering quitting, but then I found out I was in fact too legit. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, I mean, I I think I will explain the first one, obviously, but the uh, second one, it's all you. Uh, um. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, I uh, I be Felix Biederman of Chop <laughs> Draft House to uh, joking about. Well, I shouldn't say joking. I should really say professing our allegiance mm. to the. Uh, Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard. I mean, you Corps. you beat him to it in a, an obscure fucking <laughs> left wing forum that has closed down since then. Oh, yeah, do you do any of you remember like forum forums where you would like register for accounts and shit? Under that, yeah, no, I fucking I fucking beat him to that shit. Um, but the rest is all all Hondra. Yeah, and anyway. Um, we should probably like take the ten-minute mark as a good place to start. <laughs> uh, ten minutes. Um, yeah. No, absolutely. I will let you introduce. Okay. Them. This is, of course, this machine kills fascists. Radio. If you weren't familiar for whatever fucking reason, I am. But JD Merceau with me as yes, always. Alejandro Manzano. I um, should probably use a. Who detests these introductions, but I find them. Very I don't. Soothing. I don't What's detest them. Thing? I don't. I do not, in fact, detest them. I. Uh, I just have, you know. You know. Stuff going on. So uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I was. I was gonna go mean with that, and then I. I chickened out, and and now here we are. Anyway, this is a very special episode because we are gonna try and actually follow a plan here. We're gonna talk. We're gonna. It's gonna be a two-part. That's episode. right. We have plans. Yes. Um, they are mysterious. They are beyond your comprehension, but they, they, they're they're there. You have to you have to trust they're there. Otherwise, that kind of reflects badly on your character. Um, we first we're gonna talk about developments in what I'm told is. Uh, some sort of of gringo left. I, I don't buy it. I don't know about you guys, but I don't. We, I don't think that's a thing. That doesn't are, sound like a thing. Know it as gringo landia. Mm. Yeah, but some some they 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 apparently have some sort of of left wing candidate running in the with the cowboys and the and the fucking mass shooters. I don't get it. He is literally the uh, starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys as of this exactly. second. And then we're going to try and talk about, about Mexico because the whole point of, of this entire exercise was to try and, and encourage a dialogue and an exchange of ideas 
between two countries that are having that are very closely related one to another to the other and that are going through very interesting times in their own way so why the fuck have you not hit that share button <laughs> when it comes to our post of mexico i mean seriously what the fuck like what is what is actually wrong with you? Do you not care about workers in Mexico? <laughs> Do you not think it's going to be popular with your friends? Um, I mean, honestly, mm. no. Like, Don't go off, go off. What, what the <laughs> fuck is your problem if you can't talk to people about Matamoros or the EZLN? I mean... Yeah. This fucking Oaxaca has been brandishing machetes against the state since 2007, and you're sitting there on your fucking Facebook account retweeting some joke <laughs> about tankies. You fucking piece of shit. Why don't you just talk to us and, you know, actually maybe say something about Mexico once in a while? That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, I mean, I think it's a, it's, it's important and speak. And actually, Oaxaca has been brandishing machetes since since they got a hold of them, since they were brought to the continent, and um, you know there are actually some very tanky tankies <laughs> in Oaxaca. If you want to get into that, but I don't think I should. I don't think those people <laughs> exist. Uh, the the Tirana line I mean, lives literally. Literally, the only people who know that like very tanky, tanky people in Oaxaca exist are other incredibly tanky, tanky people. Which is, you know, my entire fucking beef with tankies <laughs> is these people they don't actually give a fuck about a revolution. They, they, who is upholding the line of. Whatever shitbag <laughs> Albanian, Enver oh. Hoxha, back Tough in the words. fucking like 1991 or whatever, um, he upheld the correct line on China. So therefore, the uh, saviors of the uh, Oaxacan people. I mean, they're pretty. Are in fact. I mean, from what I've heard. They're pretty the, big. Uh, they're, from what I've heard, they're pretty big, but I cannot really speak to that. Since, you know, it's not quite safe. Safe to to say this shit. But anyway, <laughs> we, we we should probably get around to, to explaining to you all why we hate tankies. And in fact, revolution is only a phase and it's all about this voting for a, a Democrat. Is, this is... So where we lose half I mean it's fifteen minutes in and we haven't said shit, so <laughs> do, do we have any anyone to lose uh, at this point? Look look guys, you have to vote for a Democrat and uh, sixteen followers on the people who liked last episode. Anyway, let's get to the point, JD. We, you you're gonna vote for the Democratic Party, right? You you believe in fucking centrism and, and compromise with the Republicans and that's why you're endorsing Cory Booker for president that's what you told me right? um, I, just, I just want to say uh, Imam <laughs> Cory Booker is um, actually in fact a uh, fourth level participant in the Islamic State of the Iraq and uh 
Syria, and I guess. The Levant. Yeah, Little that sounds Levant. like a very safe and, and sane thing to say. <laughs> Put up there. Indeed. <laughs> he is, um... He was a lieutenant commander in the Free right. Syrian Army. He... Owns several ho hotels, um, near, but <laughs> like fashionably near, as in, like, there might be a, a man made lake, um, in Mecca, the uh, holiest city of Islam, which should never be besmirched for the, uh, infidel imperialist adventures that have occurred there <laughs> but Cory Booker um no he is yes. actually a uh, card holding member of <laughs> Al Qaeda <laughs> and um with the Arabian Peninsula he is actually mm. the emir and I refer to him as the Amir Al Toledali, as in he is from Toledo. Oh. Right. And uh, Amir Al Toledali, uh, basically, what he wants at the end of the day, apart from your virgin daughters, <laughs> is a uh, complete and like subservient allegiance to the caliphate in which your uh, MAGA hat wearing children because honestly if you're white <laughs> your kids are wearing a MAGA hat right now and I don't give a fuck if you disprove me or not um yeah no he wants your fucking Hitler youth children to uh take off the fucking swastika put on the shahada armband and you know what? Die for fucking so, so with that, so on that <laughs> note, <laughs> I I think it's important to point out. <laughs> but, no, that I mean, it's a work of fiction. <laughs> this, 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 JD doesn't isn't actually a, a real person. and you should not <laughs> die for fucking. Off. But if you did, I mean, like, <sighs> mm -hmm. make right. Yeah. Her to do it. <laughs> Not that I could ever God, say man. What that <laughs> this means. is the content I, you want, the content you crave, it, the content you come to this machine for. Violence is reprehensible and never do it. Especially when a guy with a like a microphone on a podcast what I, telling what you. I, what I'm, if you know I'm what I'm really, you know interested in is is how well well it, it bears mentioning right everybody's gonna talk about it but but bernie sanders broke fundraising records almost immediately right after announcing his his campaign and i, I think you saw that right i i believe the 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 average donation yeah, no, was i i i'll say it right now, i donated <laughs> okay why 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 would you what's wrong with you why? Why would? I? Don't okay. you believe in revolution? No, why? I, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you legitimizing I, fucking empire of all things? 
No, I mean, these are absolutely correct questions. I know. And <laughs> I think without the, uh, the guidance of a true caliphate, um, these are important right. questions to ask. But honestly, I don't believe that socialism will become a uh, predominant question within our culture, even with where it's at right now, which is maybe Deb's levels is literally fucking like, we've got them all. The, we've got them afraid of the funky shit. shit, yeah. From 10 years ago to now, why why settle for, for some old Democrat, some old uh, independent guy running as a Democrat who doesn't even support, you know, not bombing us, <laughs> us fucking foreigners out there. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to just like cover Libya in firebombs. Doesn't he? Did didn't he support the the intervention? Did he stand by the absolute boy? Um. Well, the absolute boy, of course. We should clarify. Being a, a Muammar Gaddafi, mm -hmm. who um, should not have been overthrown. Um, trying to figure out like what else to, you know. I mean, you, 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 I, um, I, I, I would like you to focus on why, on why, why the fuck are, are, would would any would would a leftist, a self-respecting leftist, vote <laughs> for this guy? Just voting for. Uh, okay, you know, actually, that's a very good point because here is where I will not stand back from criticism from self-identifying leftists for the next uh, fucking year and a half or whatever it takes till Cory Booker, who the fuck ever, like you know, wins the nomination. Mm-hmm. In 2012, we saw the years of dis dissidence coalesce under oligarchical interests that were opposed to the uh, continued rule of Muammar Gaddafi. Right. Several years before that, we saw the beginning of the United States intervention in Syria, which to this day has not seen an answer, and whose current inevitable conclusion seems to be the existence of the uh, Arab nationalist Syrian state mm -hmm. with increasing interference from Turkey to their north. Turkey, of course, being a prospective ally of the European, European Union yeah. and the United States. <laughs> and this being fucking 2019, I guess now. We're seeing states such as Iraq, which has to this day not evicted foreign troops from their presence. Cuba, who of course sees Guantanamo Bay as you know, another Yankee outpost. 
Colombia, which invites more and more U.S. troops in by the day. Japan and South Korea, which will always welcome an American presence as long as it deters that of uh, the Democratic People's and Republic the People's of Korea. Republic of, of Neo-China, which, as we all know, comes from the future. Neo-China, which comes from the future. Um, if you are not 30 years ahead of the time, you are 30 years behind the time. And Mao speaks out against you in non-contradiction. You are purged <laughs> right now. Right. So, were you going somewhere <laughs> with that? <laughs> I was actually not God going somewhere it. with that, but I do. Yes, I do want to I mean, talk about Bernie for a second. Go off, by all means, go off. <laughs> <laughs> Give this episode some substance. No, okay, so... Honestly... I don't want to say I'm with most of y'all on Bernie, because I have no idea where anybody stands at this point. Well, people, but, I, I was uh, seeing the Twitters, and people were being, like, very critical of the fact that a lot of folks who, who have moved further to the left than Bernie was since 2016 have seem to have gone back right back to supporting him no matter what and I think it would be interesting to to get your perspective on it bef because you were a fucking tanky shitlord before it was cool right I mean quote-unquote <laughs> cool <laughs> before there was no I mean I absolutely was a tanky shitlord before it was cool <laughs> and I will fight you on that um With Bernie, there are two things. One is, and this is the uh, predominant feeling that I have. <laughs> the the mood, as it were. I don't. <laughs> the mood, the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Hashtag void boys. And them whomst belong to them. Um. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At any rate, um. Bernie. I, Bernie. My mood. My mood, Bernie. The uh, the old like, What would you say? What is? Yeah, yeah. What would you say to someone who's like, why do you go back to this fucking guy if you're already? Farther to the left, if we have made progress in the political education of the masses. Because there's literally only one human being running for office, <laughs> and that is Bernie Sanders. And you know what? He fucking sucks at some points. Like, Bernie Sanders' position on Palestine, absolute shit. I. If it were up to me, if. If I could keep everything a Bernie, I'd just, you know, debase him for what he's done to the Palestinian cause. I actually would. That motherfucker would be crucified mm -hmm. in a second. Okay. You know, an old uh, <laughs> Jewish guy who speaks truth to power. Seems fitting. Um, seems, yeah, no, no, seems fitting. But... I'm serious, like, we, 
we will not. And if you ab- if you expect to get what you want here right now, we will not get what we want out of Bernie Sanders. It's not going to happen. He's not the left can- leftist the, candidate. He's he may not be the he, candidate you need. <laughs> <laughs> he does not but he's the one joy. you <laughs> he is not the candidate you need but we were talking about, his, about this before, the, before recording and right? if the conservatives want to be the joker so bad then fine we, fuck it we're, we're the good guy then <laughs> fuck it go, go oh. watch the uh, first four fucking Batman not first four like most recent four Batman episodes, or films, or watch The Dark Knight and whatever the fuck follows that, because it follows your shitlord theory that you hand-washing morons (laughs) can just uh, vote for whatever is the most idyllic at the time, and then your weird pastoral vision of America... Just accept that whatever happens in suburban life will never happen to you. And that you were not at all enabling, like, the rise of fucking fascism in this country. Because, you know, the majority of your country, the majority of people are queer or black or Hispanic. Latinx. What the fuck ever. Latinx. <laughs> what the fuck ever. We are here. We are in your fucking mm-hmm. face, and this is what you, as a citizen under the uh, new revolution, the revolution of everyone being, you know, not a total <laughs> fucking shitbag to each other. Right, right. Is about so. Basically, what I'm my take my main takeaway from what you're saying is that we do in fact uh, inhabitate some sort of um, social <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that was that was that was what I was gonna say so I don't know it is uh, can you kill twenty minutes on because I don't know if I can with I don't know. I mean I, I can now. jump right right into Mexico if you if you want to. To stop it. Jump it. Oh, well. (laughs) Yes, yo. Brito del Mario. Yes, I, I, this time, this time you, you will, you will have it. You will have your Grito del Mariachi. (laughs) God damn it, the fucking... Recorder went crazy. That was pretty good, yeah, wasn't it? Let's say, let's say it was. Um, <laughs> can I, can I become? Yes. Part I of mean, you. Cool? The other day you were looking at, at you know, <laughs> jobs here and shit, and you're like, what? <laughs> yes, it's a whole country built on pesos. That's why we kill each other. Anyway. <laughs> That's not a real currency, <laughs> not American friends. Anyway, um, let's let's uh, do a one eighty all of a sudden and talk about something that I, I believe I have I have mentioned to you, uh, community radio. 
you know, community radio. Like in in Latin America, it has a very specific meaning. It's uh, rural media uh, made by the people. This is revolutionary in Latin America. Yeah, no, I'm, what, what I'm saying is, uh, it has been used by guerrillas. Fucking Che Guevara was a, a radio host, a radio personality, an illegal radio personality. Before he won, before the well, before the Cuban Revolution was triumphant, and um, many guerrilla armies and social movements have been using uh, makeshift, actual, uh, <laughs> honest to goodness, guerrilla radio. And to communicate and to give voice to the people and to exactly and to, Turn that shit to get together and, and stuff and and here in Mexico there has been we, we are going through our golden age of journalism you know living through a de facto military dictatorship has a way of <laughs> bringing out great journalism and a lot of it has come from from guerrilla from guerrilla well yeah sometimes guerrilla sometimes I wouldn't uh, say anything incriminating, but uh, from makeshift community radio on the countryside, uh, sometimes illegal, sometimes pressuring the government to let them operate. I believe I I shared it with you once, like right, like how um, the fucking radio companies would send out thugs <laughs> to beat up and to destroy the fucking companies. Absolutely, although um, if we were uh, not to include um, the description of any uh, rebellious movements but if if their links were somehow posted would that if be a thing I don't get what you mean what <laughs> like do um, we have rec can I post recordings on the description I, I guess yeah but they're in Spanish <laughs> sometimes in indigenous languages even no I mean that's that's fine <laughs> I know. no yeah I mean I can I can try and look for info in English there's not a lot that's part of why we're I'm trying to do this right like like uh, get people in the United States aware that they're not the first ones to come up with the idea of struggle. <laughs> You're actually coming kind of late to the game. <laughs> There's been a lot of work. Alright, so as long as you have the time right. date, then we're good. Um, anyway, um, once, and, and, and look, guys, this is some kind of I know we try and keep it kind of light lighthearted here uh, <laughs> and this this past half hour has been truly a testament testament to that but um this is kind of heavy shit like uh, people have been killed for for just having a radio station and and talking about what's going on I I know of one guy in my home state Chihuahua who I I only heard of after he got, you know, got after he got killed for his journalism, for his radio journalism, just the idea. And I'm gonna interrupt here for the uh, for Los Gringos, cause I I really do want to emphasize that 
this is again, as I've said before, the future. This is where we're all headed to is a chopping block based on you know whatever fucking new enumeration you made of yourself, whatever <laughs> bullshit <laughs> identification you made with the X or Y leftist movement is that's right, why know, we're getting uh-huh. fucking murdered out here. And we're going to continue to be murdered because as you know, I hope we've proven there's no contiguous leftist movement. There's no genuine resistance to this is the western hemisphere and this is absolutely right. um, well in the words of Marx and as Marx or Lenin and or Lenin would put it um, there are contradictions in society uh, we live in a society and there are contradictions within it and those uh, we live in and those contradictions may at one time be heightened and at one time be softened and in Mexico and in other parts of you know the peripheric world uh, the periphery the quote-unquote third world which is like an anachronistic misnomer right because there's no longer anything like a second world but anyway um, the those contradictions are much more heightened but that just means that we can see the future and you can if you look into what's going on over here you can kind of kind of anticipate what's gonna happen over there and you're kind of seeing it already right with uh, you have your your mass, sh- your right-wing mass shooters. You have your, your paramilitaries, your militias, and so on. That's kind of where it's all headed. Anyway, <laughs> um, I brought up community radio because of um, Samir Flores. Samir Flores was a radio host in the region of Huesca in Morelos. I I hope I'm pronouncing that right and. Over there, there's a, there's an ongoing project to build a thermoelectric power plant. Basically, you know, uh, tapping into the fucking heat of a nearby volcano and boiling water with it and moving turbines and making electricity that way. And Samir Flores was involved in, in the regional struggle against that project and against all the associated pipelines and so on on in the grounds on the grounds of environmental uh-huh. destruction um, and that project um, that, that that struggle is uh, has like a, a peasant character also uh, because you know they're fighting for their water supply it also has an indigenous character because they are mostly indigenous peoples and you know we we can talk all day long about what that what that even means but for practical purposes they identify us as indigenous peoples and and there's no advantage to that really that's a a political choice people who can and rightly will make claim to the uh yeah, but he, here in Mexico, it's it's a it's a bigger it's a it's a kind of a complex debate because a lot of us could could do that if we could trace our lineage. You know, we we were we the Spanish didn't exterminate 
um, as the same way as the the English did. They enslaved, of course. They they oppressed, but they. And he also has an environmentalist character, of course. They're defending um, the the land and the resources. Samir Flores was an activist. He was a radio host. He was involved with the front of peoples in defense of the water and the land. That's the the full name of the organization and also with the permanent assembly of the peoples of Morelos which is the state Morelos state where this whole thing is going down Samir Flores was shot dead um, earlier this morning like earlier today we are recording this on the 20th of February um, yeah just 6 a.m. <laughs> Are you you okay you you okay over there? <laughs> wow, I mean, uh, no, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah. You should, you someone should talk knocked about at this his door. He opened and he was shot um, multiple times. We don't know. We don't know yet how many times even. But he he died, and you know, the, the day before, you know, yesterday, he talked. Uh, a public public event and gave the reasons why he and his movement were against the thermoelectric uh, power plant and it's um it's they call it la thermo right why they were against la thermo and it's part of a whole big um, mega project that involves many different infrastructure projects and and this case bears a lot of resemblance to a lot of murders that have happened in Mexico especially you know since always but especially since for the last <laughs> yeah for the since That's there's always, a thing, such a thing know. as Mexico <laughs> yeah. that, that really um, but um, especially the last 12 years there has been a lot of a new scramble for natural resources here in Mexico a lot of competition, a lot of violence associated with uh, land grabs and so on, and it just so happens to coincide with the, the time period in which the government decided that it was necessary for the army to deploy and fight the the drug gangs, the cartels, and it just so happens that these soldiers, you know, they get confused and they 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 abduct and they torture and they disappear. Um, activists, environmental activists all over the place and it also happens that the paramilitary gangs that have been proven to have links with the government and, and the business establishment they also happen to operate in the regions that have a lot of natural gas and mines and it's a lot of crazy coincidences I wouldn't believe it myself had I not lived through it right? <laughs> and Not the uh, transition from the uh, Bush no, to yeah, yeah. the Obama administration could have had anything <laughs> right, right. to do with that uh, whatsoever. I, I believe I've told you, um, J.D., you know, it used to be like you, there's, there was uh, an American embassy and that's, you know, a spooky place. <laughs> now there's a full-on fucking skyscraper downtown that's just, you know, DEA, <laughs> DHS, FBI, the embassies, the support staff, and so on. And it's like, okay, they, they, they just have a building. 
and there's a lot of 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 stuff going on. I, I believe I've, I have touched on this um, in previous episodes, but in 2006, the ele the election was very disputed um, by the quote-unquote losing candidate Andrés Manuel López Obrador and the quote-unquote winner candidate Felipe Calderón. He immediately deployed the army all over the, the country uh, as a way to fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as one does during normal yeah, immediately after yeah. elections. And to just to fucking fight the, the, the cartels. It's so the story goes. You know, I, I don't know if you if you know this, JD, but immediately after Calderon was elected well yeah, immediately after Calderon was elected, as was revealed by Wikileaks, by the fucking by Chelsea Manning, by her info dump, we now know that Calderon held a special closed doors meeting with Hillary Clinton, and <laughs> they, they 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 figured some stuff out, and then he came out and decided to to deploy the army all over the place. Um, and it's this is significant because the last fucking uh, military dictatorship in Ar Argentina Argentina wasn't uh, open very quite open there there was like civilian presidents and it's only retrospectively that that we can look and say okay that was a fucking military dictatorship and I believe the last 12 years Mm -hmm. the I believe the, the last 12 years of Mexican history will be looked back uh, upon in that sense but this I, we can only hope because they've been absolutely brutal and just unjustified <laughs> even you know on the level of yeah, international uh, the previous relations the uh, government was indicted time and again and there were many rulings against it by the International Court of Human Rights that was one of the main you know um, rams against the fortress as it were you know one of the main main factors that weakened the fucking political establishment and allowed Andres Manuel López Obrador the guy who was quote unquote cheated out of office on 2006 and who lost on 2012 to finally finally be elected as president last year in 2018 he just got inaugurated and López Obrador I could talk all day about, about this fucking guy <laughs> he his whole thing after 2006 was saying we got you know cheated out of office cheated out of office by by because we were too close on the result on the final tally was it was too close to Calderon and they could just steal it from us so what he what his strategy from then on and his whole party's strategy from then on was to form as broad a, co a coalition as possible to make as many allies as possible and that way to to overwhelm the other the establishment into office and get into office you know with record numbers of approval and record numbers of votes and that's pretty much what happened that's exactly what happened and this is significant because his coalition even though it's very broad and includes 
you know, even I, as I have told you, the evangelical Christian right wing Partido Encuentro Social Social Encounter Party who don't believe in in LGBTQ rights and you know that's that's an acceptable price to pay I guess for the presidency him he, the core of his coalition is still left wing and one of his main allies in the Morelos state region at, from the start was the mm, permanent assembly of the peoples of Morelos to whom he promised that if he got elected president, he wouldn't actually, you know, fucking go ahead with the thermoelectric power plant project that was going to destroy their fields and take away their, their water supply. And as soon as he got in, he walked back. He walked back that promise. He's walked back on a lot of things. He also promised to stop fracking. And, you know, he turns out he he's actually kind of cool with fracking now. And that um, the peoples of Morelos, the peasants and the environmentalists and the indigenous leaders, they raised up a stink about it. They, they complained. So AMLO did a sort of compromise, a model he has used before already in his short tenure. Uh, he was going to hold a referendum, except that this time around, the peoples that were going to be affected by the project refused refused the referendum. They they don't want to take part in it. They don't want to sponsor it. They don't wanna wanna fucking legitimize it. And that has to do with the fact that the previous referendum similar to this was to stop an airport. I believe I told you about this, right? To to stop an airport that was going to destroy what little remains of of the Lago de Texcoco, the Mexico City lake, you know, upon which the ancestral capital is, is built. And we won, I, I, I organized and I voted, and we won uh, that referendum, but we canceled the airport with, the, with our votes and the airport is still being built. So, you know, the, the peoples of Morelos are like, fuck that shit, we're not going to even legitimize this fucking farce, this fucking charade, and, you know, that, that could be questioned, I guess, but the point is, they refused it, and for their troubles, they got called uh, conservatives. Um, JD, are, are you still there? <laughs> I know I've gone on for a while. Hello. Anyway, I'm gonna try and cut this together. I add this in case I didn't manage it. Um, the conserv the López Obrador has this really ah, this really fucking annoying thing about liberalismo uh, when we think liberal we, a lot of times we think of conservatives uh, we, a lot of times we think of no, I'm, I'm sorry when we think liberal a lot of times we think of democrats, a lot of times we th if we're not from the US we think of liberals as portrayed in their media but López Obrador and his party 
have been very adamant in insisting that they are trying to reclaim the legacy of liberalismo, liberalism as it developed here in Mexico in the 19th century, especially in the second half of the 19th century. And over here in Mexico, liberalism was mainly a nation-building project. It was the ideology of the middle and upper classes of the cities, of the urban centers, uh, that were educated and that were that knew all of the cool new words, cool <laughs> new discourse from France and, and England and the United States, of course, and they used that discourse as a way to justify a project to to build a strong central state, uh, you know, a, a real federal government, um, clawing the country <laughs> out of the, the hands of the fucking local landed oligarchs, many of which could fucking trace their wealth back, their family wealth back to the goddamn colonies. And I, <laughs> for my job, I have been reading um, history books from from the turn of the century and they talk about about the 19th century and there were still people here in Mexico going around calling themselves dukes <laughs> or maquis or, or, or you know using the really really old fucking school nobility titles and that's the kind of people that the, the original liberals the original Mexican liberals fought and López Obrador and his party insist that they are going back to that legacy right. which is also very much a moral uh, legacy uh, it was a, it's um in that it's um a political ideology very concerned with personal morality they have been adamant about that they have been actually kind of socially conservative but <laughs> as you can imagine in the 19th century as with many um, latin american countries and we have touched upon this uh, in the past, um, the main struggle in Mexico was between liberals and conservatives, and <laughs> so the fucking obradorista <laughs> liberal cosplay <laughs> gets to the point where where they just like um, they call anyone who opposes them a liberal. They, I'm sorry. They call anyone who opposes them a conservative, and and it's crazy because López Obrador has already had disagreements with the teachers' union or other leftists, and he calls them conservatives. He calls them fucking conservatives, and and he and not two days ago. Again, we are recording this on February twentieth. February 18th, on his daily fucking morning press conference, López Obrador referred to um, the people of of the Permanent Assembly of the Peoples of Morelos as conservatives. He said, I don't see them as leftists, I see them as conservatives. And that's worrying. And not to toot my own horn, but just yesterday I was kind of really mad about it because Morena has spent many years doing this, just all outright denying the existence of anyone 
to the left of them just <laughs> some really really bad times shit about how anyone to the left of them isn't a real leftist they are either secretly agents you know astroturfing for the other side or they are actually in fact conservatives and they don't even know it and that's really terrible right like it's really fucking terrible because it can work to justify repression state repression doesn't just happen the state has to set the stage it has to justify it somewhat so people don't don't you know get up in arms <laughs> maybe literally about things the, the state is doing it has to set up the fact that so and so is a terrorist so and so deserves whatever is coming to them and that's exactly what Lopez Obrador did when he called the Permanent Assembly of the Peoples of Morelos and the Teachers Union and anyone who doesn't agree with him conservatives and and you know I'm really pissed off by the time this comes out facts may have changed on the ground but as of this recording the only comment that this very media savvy and media present president has made on this whole topic has been to to insinuate that it may have been done by a third party to make him look bad and to sabotage the fucking referendum right um <laughs> and I fucking hate that because this guy has an 83% approval rating as of February the 1st he, he got the most votes of any president in any election in Mexican history and when he's he begins to be held accountable for maybe normalizing the violence that has befallen the movement that he has denigrated, that he has slandered. He begins to talk conspiracy theory bullshit. And, and there's a lot of people going around making echo of this, you know, repeating it, you know, Say, giving credence to the very idea that there might be some fucking 4D chess <laughs> goddamn conspiracy behind the simple fact that Lopez Obrador made a promise, he walked it back, people got mad at him, he said that they, those people weren't actually leftists because there cannot be anything leftist outside of Morena, and then and then this happened and people are talking conspiracy level conspiracy theory level bullshit uh, on the, and on the one hand they are defending their president their beloved beloved president and on the other hand a man is dead so so you know 
kind of upsetting if you think about it that way. And we've been talking about this for a while, us radical holdouts about how I'm gonna go ahead and sound like an asshole now. Um, you know, the concept of hegemony has been talked about by a number of authors. Uh, Mao Zedong talks about it like, um, like the regional power of a given empire, right? Like Soviet hegemony in Eastern Europe or US hegemony in Latin America. Gramsci, on the other hand, talks about it like the ideology that holds a class society together. What uh, liberal commentators would refer to as the consensus. Right, the, the general set of ideas that the ideology that that make it so people play along with a fundamentally unjust society and that also makes it that that the different factions of the ruling classes don't fight each other so so badly that they fuck up their own equilibrium, their own consensus. What we are seeing on, on a global scale is a breaking, a break of this hegemony. And there's a the, the great political crisis of our times has been precipitated because the the economic crisis has made it has made it so it's not really all that profitable for the ruling classes to play along, right? <laughs> to play to why would they play along? If, if there's mo more money to be had by burning it all to the ground. And López Obrador's party is called the Movimiento de Regeneración Nacional, Morena, the National Regeneration Party. And it has. I'm, I am far from the first person to point out that what they really are is the regener regeneration of the capitalist hegemony. Neoliberalism is completely fucking played out. People won't buy it anymore. But maybe if you have a righteous, moral, anti-corruption spiel to it, maybe if you add some renewed nationalism to it, maybe you add some hints of left-wing discourse, then maybe you can extend the life of this fucking monster for a few more years and you can get away with killing people like Samir Flores for a few more years also. Really makes me mad. <laughs> I, I, I may not sound like it, but I'm not enjoying myself at this point in history. And because, you know, when, when capitalism runs into trouble it has two options it can go fascist just dismiss all of its fucking charade of liberal democracy and so on and freedom of speech and freedom of association fuck that and just openly persecute any opposition even though it already persecutes any real threats 
it can go fascist as an insurance policy but it can also go social democrat and as we have seen in the case of brazil it's usually one after the other right like you have a social democrat and you and in you seduce them with the promise of pa of getting into power and staying in power by selling out they keep selling out again and again and again and <laughs> they are so desperate for power that they will do anything and they sell out so much that people grow disillusioned with them and they begin to see them as part of the system, part of the problem that they reject and that makes them susceptible to someone like Bolsonaro you know with with Trump we can point to the electoral college but with Bolsonaro he was in fact the majority So that's why I, I, I was or tried to be <laughs> kind of hard on, on JD on the first half of the show. And, you know, I, I wanted him to justify <laughs> why the fuck would he would he allow capitalism to, to renew itself through social democracy. And You know, I, I'm in Mexico, and I'm not over there. I'm not going through exactly what you guys are going through. It is worse here in many ways, but there is also a twisted way, some a, a bit more hope because there is a, a larger and better established left-wing culture here, as much as Lopez Obrador may try to deny it. And I cannot blame JD or anyone really for going all in on Bernie. The media over there is gonna try to, and over here also, is gonna try to make everyone think exclusively about the election for a year and a half. And, you know, if that's gonna happen, then you might as well try to get something out of it, try to, to get your message out there, and there's, you know, a not, a, a, there's a, a good chance that, that Bernie could take the nomination, you know, it's not impossible, he's a clear front front runner, that also makes him the one to beat, right, there's such a thing as the favorites course, <laughs> as we call it in Mexico, <laughs> you know, if you're in first place, you're the one who's gonna get the blue shell, so to speak, but at the end of the day, and here's what I really wanted to talk about, and it's going to be... I'm going to try not to go on too long, but... I think it all comes down to organizing. Organize the organization at a base level. Last episode, we talked a bit about Venezuela, about the coup d'etat attempt in 2003, if I'm not mistaken. And that coup d'etat was thwarted because the people were organized and they were able to mobilize very quickly in large numbers to a strategic location in Palacio Miraflores in this case organization base organizing I <laughs> I told JDI I want to do a, a solo four hour episode <laughs> I'm gonna try to cut it to, to one and a half but you know it could very well be a four hour episode just all about the, Mex the history of the Mexican left and that would be my legacy that would be like what I put out there so the leftists in the US can can 
learn a bit from our experience, you know, draw their own conclusions, but also be kind of guided in them by me. Because there's a lot of interesting things that have happened in Mexico. For example, the, mm, there used to be a political party called the People's Socialist Party, Partido Popular Socialista, PPS. And they, they kind of sucked as a party. They were critical support of the, of the government, that was their line. But they had an associated mass front, mass organization. UGOSEM, Unión General de Obreros y Campesinos de México, General Union of, of Mexican Peasants of, and Workers, or rather, General Union of Workers and Peasants of Mexico. And the UGOSEM, they were organized, they were mobilized, and they were involved in constant struggles, land struggles and union struggles, and through that struggles, um, they, through those struggles, they got radicalized. And that's where a lot of guerrilleros come from. And that's where a lot of splinter organizations come from. And that's and that's um, kind of the same thing that happened with the communist youth of the boring, old, stodgy, dogmatist, rationalist <laughs> fucking communist party of Mexico. The communist youth ended up being way cooler than them. And and I, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, something similar happened. In the new left in the United States in the sixties, the late sixties. And I and I believe, you know, regardless of how shitty, how shit, how shitty, the the political party is, if the base is organized and it's constantly involved in in the struggle, it's going to get radicalized, and that's the the real way in which you push. Um, process leftwards. A lot of people talk a lot of about um, you know moving Morena to the left or moving Lopez Obrador to the left as a, as a president or whatever. And I don't think that's going to happen because the Morena's base is not organized and it is not involved in the struggle. There is no way that they can, you know acquire the the practical knowledge of organizing and reach radical conclusions about their situation if they don't actually go out and fight <laughs> you know and i would wager even i would posit even that this is a fact of <laughs> political life if you keep your base organized, they are going to get involved in struggles and they are going to become radicalized as individuals and as a group. And that is so much so a fact that a lot of progressive or quote-unquote progressive leaders have like as a selling point for the oligarchy, for the 1%, that if they let them get into power, they are going to dissolve the organization that they have. That's exactly what happened with Barack Obama. He built a movement that got him into power. A lot of young people, very enthusiastic, very energetic, and he dissolved it as soon as he got into power. Lopez Obrador has had already begun, begun to mm, fucking dissolve, de-articulate de his party before even getting into power. You know, dissolve the base level assemblies and leave it all in the hands of professional politicians. Uh, 
and Bernie Sanders he kind of stayed active uh, our revolution his his organization but mostly it was those same militants who went on to 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 reanimate <laughs> what is what was the DSA Democratic Socialists of America and a lot of the DSA has grown radical because they have been involved in struggles because they have been in contact you know with the the actual reality of <laughs> fighting the state fighting the bourgeoisie and realizing that the political establishment is not going to be there for them and so I want to leave you with that like vote for Bernie, don't vote for Bernie me personally I think you should give it a go <laughs> and I do think that that fucking presidential elections are a good opportunity to get your message out there people are tuning in that's uh, what the Zapatistas and Marichui were thinking when they ran against López Obrador and everyone else of course but they got slandered for it but they got th their message out there and and I think you should you should do it I would advise you to participate but I would mostly advise you to prioritize organizing and staying articulated regardless of who, of who gets the presidency regardless of who even gets the nomination because just as there is a good chance that Bernie gets it there's also an uh, you know a, a non insignificant chance that it's fucking Kamala or Cory Booker or whoever the fuck right and if that happens and if the if the democratic sta establishment actually manages to pull it off and try and take the nomination again from Bernie it's going to be like openly meant to demoralize you and you shouldn't fucking allow that you should stay organized as you have for the last what is it now <laughs> two years and and keep pushing keep fighting you know here in in Mexico with this whole situation with Samir Flores it has really come down to who has remained organized and who has become a passive ex spectator and we can tell we can see it, it shows and the difference is gonna come from people who who stay fighting every day I I believe in the power of in the um, all important power of face to face organizing I believe that doesn't matter how dank your memes are, you should make an active effort to get out there and meet people face to face. That's that's really <laughs> what makes the difference at the end of the day. And give me one second.
there's this great poet and playwright and I found out recently also historian called Bertolt Brecht and he said among many things there are men who fight one day and are good there are men who fight one year and are better there are some who fight many years and they are better still but there are some that fight their whole lives these are the ones that are indispensable and so I would leave you with that it's kind of a <laughs> somber ending for our type of show but I would invite you to reflect on what we have talked about today and really mm, try and take it to heart this is Alejandro Manzano JD had to leave but I am signing off good night <laughs>